0: So, you took another vacation?
1: Yeah, I was on vacation. I, man, I had three weeks over the past six. I took That's a week great. of vacation, came Beautiful. back to work, and then another vacation, and then back to work, and then last week was my final planned one for the summer. That was just me and Jamie in Florida on the beach. It was phenomenal. That's cool. That's it was awesome. Good. Where, where'd y'all go? Marco Island, which is uh, mm. kind of the two-thirds down the Gulf Coast of Florida. It was nice. Condo right on the beach. You could see the sunset from the balcony. You could yeah. get to the beach in nice. three minutes of walking, and that's great. We did some kayaking, and we took some nice kind of formal pictures. She she likes to do that on our trips.
0: Charles, so you're like a one work week on, one work week off kind of guy, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I can get down with that. That's yeah, that sounds great. And it hasn't been all the disruptive either for my accounts and teams and stuff. Like I look, because look, I still took calls. Like when things were urgent to address some issues, that was a rare thing. But for the most part, like, you know, things just kept going.
0: It seems less invasive, actually, than a three-week straight vacation, which would be hard for you to context switch because you actually did three different things Mm -hmm. on those three weeks.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 Igor, how are you feeling
2: being on sabbatical? It's really just starting. I had some work that bled over into this week. I haven't been able to to fully step away. i would probably say like next week's probably the like yeah. official sabbatical. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're like me. It takes a takes a few days to get settled in.
2: <laughs> that's right. That's right. I forgive you,
1: Igor. You didn't Thank set you. up time with me to talk about Chad. And I know okay. I, I I need to. Nah, we can, I'll, I'll we can... figure it out. I'll read his last review. I think that's all I need. <clears throat> And if I need something else, then I'll text you and you can choose to respond or not. What a friend.
2: I know. Totally. I'd do it for you too, Robert. Thanks, man. Yeah. (laughs) Robert's going on sabbatical next year.
0: June, July, August.
2: Yeah. Me too. Is that right? At the same time? I'm
1: pretty sure. Yeah. That's cool. I'd fear for our office, Robert, with you and me (laughs) out.
0: What's going to happen?
1: Great things, hopefully.
0: (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to pre-record a bunch of episodes. That's fine.
1: Yeah. Hey, one one of the things that's connected to this, that if summertime is going to be a time when it's going to be harder, we could just do seasons, podcast seasons. It's like, hey, we publish episodes, one a week from, you know, September to through May, and then we've got June, July, August off. Yeah. Kind of like school. Like school. The One of the podcasts I listen to, is, it's like that, and yeah may not be a bad idea. Hmm.
0: Yeah, especially in the summer because we tend to travel more and do more things with kids.
1: Yeah. Next
0: yeah. year, we've already said we're going to be making up for last year. And so, i will be doing yep. a lot more, I think.
1: Yep. Something to think about before we all yeah. go on sabbatical and for the next planning session, which I think is coming up coming soon. Coming up. Yeah.
0: Well, we're, this is episode 49 today. We're coming up on a year. Nice. So, that'll be a good time to... Shake things up if we need to.
1: Yeah. Do we know what we're talking about today?
0: Yeah, we're wrapping up nine lies about work today. So, final nail in the coffin. Mm. Is this the last lie or the recap?
1: No. I forgot.
2: Recap. Series okay. recap. Got it, got it, got it.
0: There's a hidden 10th lie. Is there? Which is, I don't know. What would the 10th <laughs> lie be?
2: Every, everything is a lie. Not just Ooh. work. Everything yeah. is a lie, yeah. Lewis, <laughs> the Lewis just got back. He said that I can,
1: he might get m- mine out today. Boom. Ooh, lucky I'm in the office.
0: Oh yeah, they just go pick it up. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned, but my work laptop I grabbed the day before we shut everything down, just by happenstance. You'll have a new laptop next week then.
1: That's yeah. great. Yeah. Good. That'll be fun.
0: So you you drug your microphone into the office?
1: Yes. I bought a little one of those pelican style, like padded waterproof cases. And I got a different just tabletop mini mic stand. I brought my mic, my Focusrite Scarlet thing. I also brought a ring light that I haven't been using, but I think I would if I was presenting something to a client or something like that.
2: Oh, it's like a little yeah.
1: mobile audio visual kit. I think I will only use it for recording. I just, it's a hassle to set it up and tear it down. So I don't know. Yeah. Experimenting.
0: Yeah, I have some sound panels, man. I'm going to take them up to the office and install them in. One of the conference rooms.
1: Yeah, we should claim yeah. one as our studio. Yeah. <laughs> until we get our actual <laughs> right. studio. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Let's the do deep dive would use it. I'd use it for that. I love it.
0: And it, that's the whole point of holacracy You just do whatever you want and it's up to someone else <coughs> to raise attention. Yeah. yeah. So, as long as
2: it causes no harm, right? It well, it's up no to someone harm. else to right.
0: to feel attention that it causes them harm and then express the tension. And you're not allowed to sense attention for someone else's role. So it's right. pretty. Pretty specific. I think we could get away with yeah. installing some panels.
1: The problem is we don't embrace that we don't actually embrace holacracy in that way. So somebody else will probably just get pissed and
0: Yeah. That's on a trigger parade. warning. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Man, so Jamie's retired. That's cool.
2: She beat all of us,
1: boys. Yeah,
0: she beat all of us. That's uh she's I almost like got thousand. her
1: first draft of her book done too. That's cool. She's got fifty thousand words written already. Goodness. Yeah.
0: Good for her, man. That's great.
1: Yeah. I'm proud of her. She's killing it. Killing it. I don't know if I know yes. 50,000 words,
2: Charles.
0: You do not. <laughs> you do not.
2: At I some don't. point some in the those next three repeats, years, right? the number of words you've said <laughs> yeah.
0: on the podcast will, will eclipse 50,000. <laughs> All
2: right.
0: <Go> <laughs> you can make a jump on it today, though.
2: You yeah, try. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, for sure, yeah. Which we need yeah.
0: because we're wrapping up Nine Lines About Work.
2: Man, what a journey. Finally. <laughs>
0: let's go around. Do we want to talk, do we want to iterate through the nine lies? You just want to give your general like feelings and overview about the book and talk about which ones you liked, didn't like. How do you want to handle this?
2: Yeah, I think maybe we can give our general impression, talk about maybe the one that resonated with us the most as being accurate or something else, and then one that we felt the most dubious about. Does that sound like a good way to wrap that up?
0: Yeah, I like that. That way we don't linger too long. We don't need to recap all the content. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Folks can just listen to our backups and get all that from that.
1: I'm okay with that. I think I may need some help just because I didn't read it. And so I I may need some help jogging my memory. But as long as we just list out the nine lies, I bet I could respond to that. Which ones I was most dubious about or most impactful. Yeah. Let me start with that, Charles. And then that
2: can yeah. be our jumping off point.
0: Look at Igor trying to get those fifty thousand words in. I love it, man.
2: I gotta Go catch up. It. I gotta catch up yeah. to Jamie. Yeah,
0: iterate those nine <laughs> lines, and right. then we'll get the transcript.
2: <laughs> Go for Alrighty, it. All righty, boys. We got line number one: people care which company they work for. Mm. That's where it all started so long ago. Line number two was the best plan wins. Line number three: the best companies cascade goals. Line number four, the best people are well-rounded. Line number five, people need feedback. Line number six, people can reliably rate other people. Line number seven, people have potential. Line number eight, work-life balance matters most. And the last line, line number nine, leadership is a thing. Those start ringing a bell, Charles? They do, yes, yes.
0: Igor, that was 72 words, well done.
1: Thank you for counting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to react first, Charles?
1: Yeah, I can react first. I think because we're gonna react to the like what's most dubious, which one's the most dubious, and then like which, which one, one resonated, resonated the most, which resonated one was the most most yeah. sus to you? Yeah,
2: sus. you sound like my child, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all thanks to uh, Among Us, I think. Right, that game. Yeah, started yeah. that. Yeah, I think. Gosh. The stuff that I am I feel is most
1: dubious, Yeah, I'm trying to remember our conversations, and I don't. But just looking at, at, at them again, the best people are well-rounded. What is the truth there? The best people are spiky? The best people like are spiky. Man, at this point, I don't think any of these are, are really dubious. I don't think they are. I think the most interesting thing that I'll take away from this that I still need to ponder is the last one. And I, I looked it up so that y'all don't have to read it for me. The the lie is leadership is a thing, and the truth or whatever is that we follow spikes. Is that right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, we follow other humans. Those humans that garner a, a large following tend to be very spiky in one thing. Yeah. And that seems to impact people at a higher degree. So there's no sort of, if you score a 70 out of 100 on these list of Three thousand qualities that make up a leader. You are a leader like that. It doesn't really play out that way.
1: I, I think that's the one that I'm needing to reflect upon because I am a leader. I want to be a more effective leader. And what are my spikes that people are following? That I want people to follow? That I can get you know spikier in so that more people will follow? I, I think that's the one that has me more most interested in doing some deeper reflection on if that makes sense because that one i think has the potential to change my behaviors day to day some of these other ones especially the best companies cascade goals no actually the best companies cascade meaning it's like okay yeah no i can see that yes that last one people follow spikes spiky people what are my spikes are those the right ones given what i want to accomplish and what i'm trying to do That's just where my head's at as we recap these things.
0: Sounds good. Was it worth going through all the energy to read and talk about the book? I know you didn't read it, but you spent just as much time as anyone else who did discussing the ideas and concepts. Was it a worthwhile thing to spend your time on?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a joke to say here, but I I can't think of anything. Yes, for a few reasons. I, I learned a lot. There, there was some dissonance in the early stages as we we're trying to unpack the lies and the style of the authors. But the fact that, I've, that this is making me reflect and think about how to change my leadership style, I, I think, points to this being all worth it in the end. And I get to spend a lot of time with y'all, talking about interesting
2: things that can be helpful for others. So, well worth it for sure. Awesome yeah you won't. i recommended the book but in hindsight i feel like i'd be pretty honest if i felt like i changed my mind about it if i changed my mind about it and i think i recommended it because at the time of the reading this was years and years ago there's some just there's some parts of it that just struck a nerve when i read it because of stuff sort of going on and in a positive way like i read it not and upon reading it and the reflection that i had after reading it, it, helped me make progress. And it was, it was a positive read, positive experience. And so I thought it'd be a good recommendation. And I knew some of the lies were written in a clickbaity way. And that might pique your interest and people's interest, especially around some of the lies the way they're written, seem like they're antithetical to the culture at our company. But actually, when you read the truce and you understand why they chose to phrase those things in those certain ways, it's actually not as (laughs) controversial as it might seem at at just reading the headline. That's why I recommended it. And I think it was a really worthwhile thing to review with y'all because it also helped me gain some new perspectives and thinking on what we'd gone over because it's very different when you read a book on your own you're in inter-, inter internalizing the answers and the information and the data from the book processing it reflecting then when you're you know discussing it with people you respect and admire that have different contexts and uh different thoughts obviously and different ways of processing and reflecting on that information and so it it really enriches that experience. And two very different, uh, I would say, readings happened the first time that I read it by myself. And then the second time when I co-read it with y'all and had the discussion.
0: I remember you saying or reflecting on the fact that you tended to read the book a little more critically since you had to go and discuss it. And I think that's interesting for really important books that are impactful in your life or that you really want to Digest is spend some time talking through it with other people who are reading it as well, and that helps galvanize your learning and distilling it into areas where you can put in your own words and really wrestle with the ideas. Yeah, I like it.
2: I'm I'm guessing that's why book clubs exist. Yeah, must be. Yeah, you know, been a part of a book club before. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: have
0: not. I guess you are now. Yeah, me
2: either. (laughs) I guess I didn't connect that dot. But wow, yeah, this is exactly what (laughs) it's a very it's a very intimate book club. Three people. Very 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 high quality. Yeah. I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) Uh, Just in that we can't accommodate any more microphones. (laughs) i A technical limitation.
2: We've literally run out of ports to plug microphones into. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, so maybe I can talk about, just really briefly about which lie made me squint and which lie really resonated with me. So the one that really made me think... Because I think both times that I read it, it came during a review period where we are writing reviews for our men- mentees and so on. And it's line number six, and it's that people can reliably rate other people. And that lie actually isn't clickbaity. Like the or the way that it's written, they actually mean that. There is no reliable instrumentation that someone possesses to be able to objectively rate another human being in a, you know, kind of whole and holistic way. And so, you know, that one always makes me think, especially during review season when I talk to folks. And all really reminds me to to do is to be more curious and to dig deeper into the conversations that I have. And those conversations then help build a picture and not have just one narrative that drives the, um, drives the review, drives the rating if you will, and it also, on my end, as a person being reviewed, makes me much more conscious about my interactions with folks and knowing that different people uh, perceive me in different contexts in different ways and have different thinking patterns, and that if for them to have a positive experience, for them to you know, feel safety, I have to work on adjusting my approach with every person and tailor That experience. And that's not, that can sound like, oh, Igor is just being fake and just doing stuff that aligns with people and and so on. And I, I don't see it that way at all. I see it as I'm still expressing myself, but if a trans, right, I'm just translating the core into a language that the other person can fully understand. I'm not acting in some drastically different way with people and so on. So, you know, that's a lie that, that I think resonated positively with me and I don't know, I'm like reviewing these lies and I'm thinking about which one is the most dubious. Before you yeah, switch yeah. from that,
1: they advocated because we are not able to rate other people effectively, that people should rate only themselves. Is that was that the guidance or the
0: Oh, is it really you can only convey your experience yes. with the, the person that's being rated, so you can't say how good they are at a at a arbitrary set of skills. It's yeah like how much do you trust them to get things done or those that type of deal
1: so it makes me think you know the of the implications of that as it comes down to performance management. yeah you know, I, I was thinking that there are companies out there that are experimenting with and I'll come back around to this because i I remember that the subtitle of the book maybe. It's nine Lives about work, a free thinking leader's guide to the real world. Mm-hmm. That free thinking piece, I just looked up the definition. It's a viewpoint that beliefs are supposed to be formed based off of like logic, reason, empirical evidence, and not dogma, tradition. And that, that made me think that there are companies out there that are experimenting with allowing people to um, set their own salaries. Have you all heard about this? Yeah, it was, it was a couple. Was some sort
2: of vegetable processing plant. Y-
1: yeah, I've heard of the vegetable processing. I think it's tomatoes in particular, like to ends.
0: Yeah, and, but the trick is that it's all above board and everybody gets to see it and object to it if there's a problem.
1: Because I think there is, it might be hard for a person to rate another, but I do think there's something around the collective wisdom, crowdsourcing a rating for example I I don't know it's just that one if I could go back and revise my answer yes I agree with you and the book that it's hard to rate and we're not good at rating other people and yet there's still a need I believe to effectively figure out how somebody's doing against a standard in order to do things like performance management and set compensation and all these other things and I know I don't I doubt that I don't remember the book getting into that, but that's, that would be interesting to explore, you know, do you get rid of ratings, you know, and there's some other mechanism performance management is just a dogma and a tradition that needs to be let go as free thinkers. yeah, you know, that's the, that's maybe where there's some next, the next innovation will come and companies are experimenting with that in terms of getting rid of performance reviews and Allowing people to set salaries and also allowing people to figure out where, what job and project they want to be a part of, not immediately telling them what their job is supposed to do, like to give them time to go seek it out and figure that out. Self-organize. Those are all very interesting things that will be a part of the future work. That'll be pretty interesting.
2: I think to me, the big takeaway during our performance reviews wasn't even so much of we shouldn't do performance reviews or we shouldn't do them in the way that we do them. Although we should question those things. And for us, performance reviews are just, I think, larger check-ins. The expectation is that whoever the manager, whoever the mentor is having regular check-ins. As a manager, you're probably having regular check-ins with your directs. As a mentor, hopefully you're having check-ins at least every other week. And, and there's all these sort of feedback systems. And the performance review is just should be a small spike in that cycle and as a way to maybe set a season and for, I guess, for documentation, if your company feels that's an important part of that they need to operate. So, so to me, the, the big takeaway is we reading after reading that chapter is I should not put a person in a, in a box of that person is a slacker or something like that just be, because of my perception of them, right? Like I need to have more context and more people's perceptions to understand, and that label in that way is is not useful anyway. yeah. so that that's that was my big takeaway, I think from that, a little bit more than just, hey, let's check performance reviews in the bin. yeah, so I'm, I'm still looking at at these lies and man, I, I, I don't know, maybe lie number five. And because <laughs> there's like a definitional line that gets blurred here, and and I think sometimes I I use a much more expansive definition of feedback than maybe what the authors have in mind or what most people think about, because the, the the truth is people need attention, and I at least the way that I think about feedback and I use feedback and I expect feedback is feedback and attention are if it's a Venn diagram the two circles have a lot of overlap if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's probably my most from just from a title perspective most dubious one.
1: I think I'm with you on that too. It's like to giving feedback is a way of giving attention.
0: It requires you to pay attention
1: Yeah. 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 The other thing it requires too is like caring. So I I'm, I'm playing around with it. Yeah. They don't need feedback, they need somebody to care which requires somebody to pay attention and to want to help and and be thoughtful about feedback and stuff like that. Yeah, attention is such a – it's probably very deliberate that they chose that. It's just so neutral. Mm -hmm. Attention has this neutral valence to it. It's not positive or negative. (laughs) Like caring is very much a positive thing. I'm Mm -hmm. personally invested, which maybe it's fair. Maybe there are certain leadership styles where, yeah, you don't want to get personally invested, and all you need is to pay attention. And so maybe that works for some –
0: definitely I think meant criticism or the, the chapter was
1: yeah, written that's right. as if yeah.
0: people don't like to be criticized, which I think is true. They mm-hmm. conflated that though with negative corrective feedback, which I think is helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that type of feedback is only half the coin, right? Like I fee- uh, feedback in my universe uh, is a neutral term. Fe- feedback is both yeah. positive, neutral, and corrective.
0: Yeah, and high-performing teams just can't get can't meet their full potential without some addressing of negative feedback, improving on areas that need improving on. You can focus the lion's share of your attention on reinforcing positive behaviors. That's great. We definitely recommend that. You have to address when people mess up and ask them to do things differently, especially because a lot of times they don't even know.
2: It's something that I was thinking about, Robert, too, just recently. Uh, There's some news kind of making uh, headlines about a a company that uh, I'm a big fan of. I have been a big fan of their products and so on. And the news is not particularly flattering. And at at the core of the news is that company has failed across different levels of the organization to keep people safe. And to me, maybe this sounds a little weird, but safety is maybe the only thing that the leader should care about. And a lot of people will hear that and say, I don't know, really know what that means. And we're creating some sort of Care Bear company. And what, what do you mean just safety? And But safety also comes from delivering negative feedback, right? If a part of the team, an individual, several individuals, are underperforming or doing something that um, endangers the rest of the team, it has to be addressed. And it has to be addressed clearly. And the team actually has to know that it's been addressed. It can't just be a behind the closed doors sort of thing. And that's part of creating safety. Now, in that moment, you might say that individual probably doesn't doesn't feel very safe, whoever you're uh, addressing that with. And I think that just depends on how you deliver that message. But if you never address, you know, sort of distracting or or negative things, then the the whole team doesn't feel safe because that individual is putting them at, at risk, however you want to interpret that.
0: Yeah, and it even said in the chapter, I think they used an example, if if you have a nurse that gives the wrong medicine to a patient, of course you have to address it. I think there's an understanding or a articulation of, yeah, you're going to have to address like negative behaviors, toxic behaviors, incorrect behaviors and outcomes. The focus in their mind should be on paying attention to the upside, the positive things your team does to reinforce. And I think they got it like half right in that chapter, I'd say.
2: Yep, yep. Agreed. Robert, what what about you?
0: Yeah, I went back and forth on this book. Uh, I think it was really helpful to go through to read. I loved talking about it with you. If you're a leader, if you aspire to be a leader, these are problems, issues that need to be wrestled with, regardless of what your professional opinion is. So time spent reading and discussing. A couple that, you know, really resonated with me. People care which company they work for. No, they care about the team they're on. Obviously, the humans around them can make or break their experience, doesn't matter where you work. So I really thought that was a good way to start the book. Yeah, the best plan doesn't win on Lie 2. The direction I thought they were going to go was more the best argument for the plan, like the best plan doesn't always win. There's humans involved, there's drama involved, there's backstabbing involved, like you have to manage that. And so that one went a little bit of an interesting direction. And I like the work-life balance one around it really matters that you love what you do and you don't have to love everything you do all the time 20% might be enough but you have to find things about your work that that you love to to make it sustainable and so those really i think resonated with me they've informed the way that i lead teams the way that i interact with work so overall yeah it was good i think for me the reliably rating other people like i get what they're saying there it I view that for my teams as well. There are people I really trust. There are people I don't quite know well enough. I need to suss out whether or not you know they can handle certain levels of responsibility. So I get that when it comes to compensation, when it comes to performance reviews, that's not terribly standard. <laughs> and so you can have people that do that poorly or subjectively. I think you could get yourself into a little bit of trouble. And so I think you know that paired with what we've already talked about with feedback. There's very clearly an issue here where this stuff doesn't really scale too much. And so if your organization is sufficiently large, you might have trouble following some of this guidance. It could cause harm. But I'm also wondering what does that matter? If you scope this down to an individual team, I think this makes a lot more sense. And maybe the individual team leaders and their direct reports should operate in a lot of these truths and avoid a lot of these lies, and it all comes back down to resonating working with, connecting with, growing with a team to achieve great results. So if you put that lens on it, I think these things can make a lot more sense. If you try to scale it out to a really large organization, you might run into some trouble.
1: Yeah, I don't know how else you would try to, you know, roll this out except at the at the individual and team level. And if I go back to some of the discussions that we had about this book, it really is targeted to try to convince leaders to be more free thinking i think we even talked about that phrase and debated what that meant and we're probably more free thinking than than the average person just given the company and the environment that we've grown up in together because i was trying to think would i recommend this book to somebody and i would say probably i my initial reaction was like no i don't think i would And I just tried to understand why was that my reaction? I was like, I think it's targeted towards a specific audience at a specific point in their career. And it's probably right at the cusp of them moving into a position where they're managing and and leading. Like, that's probably the best time to try to break some of the traditional dogmatic beliefs around what does it mean to be a leader? Old school, old power dynamics, leadership behaviors, and install some good new ones. Right? So I yeah. do think that this has a place to be recommended to people that are just starting off on their leadership journey right? before before old behaviors and bad habits are inherited you know, from those around us, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a great point. If I was going to pass the book out, I might cut out lies two, three, four, five, six, seven, and do you know people care which company they work for work-life balance matters most, leadership is a thing. I think those are the highlight reel of the book that's generally applicable mm. to anyone's professional life. If you had someone that had a bad habit, Charles, like you're talking about, that one of these lies could address with stories, with data, with evidence, with survey results, I think that can make a lot of sense as well. And maybe that's the point, right? These things are kind of discreet and you can take them at face value individually. And it can be like Marshall Goldsmith wrote a great book. What got you here won't get you there. There's 20 bad habits in there. And he says you're probably only afflicted by one, two, three of these. And those are the ones you should focus on. And you should only focus on them if they're actually causing harm. And if they're not, maybe you don't need to worry about it. And so I find it unlikely that all seven or sorry, all nine lies would apply to someone, the same person uniformly. But there's some nuggets in here that I think could really help inform your leadership style. Certainly gives you things to think about. Even if you disagree, it'll help harden your argument for why you disagree. And I think that's okay, too. So it's definitely useful. I, I don't know. I'm with you. It would have to be a, a niche recommendation. It ha- would have to have some purpose behind it. I, I don't know that I would just tweet this out as, hey, you should everyone should go buy and read this book.
2: Yeah, uh, and I totally agree, and, and as somebody who read this book in the past, you know, I'm a Book recommendation machine. I think I've only recommended this book to one person. Just you know, usually how I recommend books is I'll be having a conversation with someone. We'll hit upon some sort of topic. They'll make me connect that topic to an article or a book or you know chapter in a book that I've read, and I'll make a recommendation. And I have uh, you know a series of books that I recommend all the time and pretty generically. And this specific book, yeah, I've recommended only once, and really specifically only for the last lie. And it was a way to encourage this person. I think they were getting some feedback around something like, you don't have enough charisma to be a leader or something like that. And I was like, that's such BS, right? Like nowhere is it written that you have to have 32 points in your charisma to, to be considered a leader. And so if anybody is telling you that's the reason, and that's the sole reason, that's either just inaccurate or they're not able to communicate the whole truth or whatever and, and anybody telling you that you're lacking some trait or some set of traits to be a leader I'm gonna just probably say that's like a pretty toxic conversation anyway yeah those super niche recommendation but when we were thinking about books to do for the podcast and thinking about the folks that we, want to resonate with on our podcast mm-hmm. this book seemed like a good way to have a pretty good wide range of conversations about different topics and management and and leadership and uh, taking on the mantle of of leader
0: yep most definitely
2: yep absolutely agree
0: it did lead to some great discussions i'm glad we went through it
2: man that's it that that's wraps up our our really our second book and second season so that's it's pretty awesome i I'm pretty blessed that I'm able to go on this uh, journey with y'all and, and keep going.
0: Yeah, we should pepper in more sort of deep dive into books and reactions and interpretations on how it impacts us personally and professionally. I think there's those really lead to some rich discussions when you start overlaying those different layers on top of just a book that is targeted for a more general audience. It makes it more specific and seen through the lens of Another group of people, and so hopefully mm-hmm. that that will be helpful. So I, I definitely think we should do more like this uh, in the future.
1: I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I think for the next one, I want to read it. I think it was interesting <laughs> to get an outsider's take, but I, I think I definitely missed out on some learning and contributions to the discussion because it was designed for me to not read it. I'll think because you being were busy, lazy, right? I know. I know. Yeah. just lazy. <laughs> just being oh, okay. lazy that's all
0: I, I'm um, not sure that was terribly helpful like a hot take there yeah. was, there's just too much context mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. I don't know yeah. that we would do that again agreed but good on you for admitting to your laziness <laughs> I mean you have taken every other week off for the last month
2: yeah that's, that's the way to do it
0: that's the way yeah I think that there's something there man
1: it, it wasn't by design but yeah there, it is certainly an interesting strategy I don't know if I would do it again I'm, I'm not sure more to unpack Maybe whenever we get to our vacation. Until someone <laughs> yeah, Until someone yeah. tells you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have been doing it since the beginning of the year and yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah you've, never, you've never
0: noticed. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not telling anybody, right? That never backfired. <laughs> <laughs> <In the past. laughs> right. All right. Hey, and, it was great connecting with you. I We did tee up in our previous episode that we're going to be a little sporadic episode-wise over the summer. I think that's a great thing. We got family stuff going on, vacations, things like that. But we're not stopping by any means. And so we'll, mm-hmm. I think we're on the schedule to record next week. So hopefully we can make that happen.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. Man, have thanks a y'all. great week. See you. Take care.
0: Bye. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks for joining. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at want to grab coffee or drop us a line at hello at want to